In today's episode, I will be sharing my top 10 spin-off board games. I'll also be teasing out more information about our next upcoming publication, Trailblazers by Ryan Courtney. My name is Nick Murray, and you are listening to the Bytewing Games Podcast. While the term spin-off might inherently sound like a lesser version of its source material, movies such as Creed, which came from Rocky, and Logan, which came from X-Men, TV shows such as The Mandalorian of Star Wars, and Better Call Saul from the Breaking Bad universe, books including the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which is itself a spin-off of The Hobbit, and the Wax and Wayne series, which is a spin-off of the Mistborn trilogy. And video games, including Super Mario Bros., which came from Donkey Kong, the arcade game, and Super Smash Bros., which is a spinoff of a bunch of Nintendo characters. These would all beg to differ. The world of board games is also rife with spinoffs, whether a publisher is milking the cash cow of a popular IP, or a designer is exploring their clever concept from another angle, or both. Our consumerist society lives and dies by a constant blend of nostalgia and novelty. The benefit of a great spin-off game is that it often can end up being even better than the source that inspired it. In celebration of our upcoming publication, Trailblazers, which is itself a spin-off of the critically acclaimed Pipeline, we'll explore my top 10 spin-off games and how they iterate on their parent designs. And be sure to stick around for the end of this episode where I'll reveal new juicy info on Trailblazers by Ryan Courtney. So my first top 10 spin-off game is none other than Seven Wonders Duel. Seven Wonders is a card drafting civilization building game that took the gaming world by storm in 2010. If you're listening to this podcast, it's likely that you've heard of and played this game. It went on to win dozens of nominations and awards, including the coveted Kinderspiel de Jars. Players love how quick and crunchy the decisions are, as well as the various strategies one can pursue from crushing military to crafty science. Five years after the release of Seven Wonders, the designer, Antoine Bauza, teamed up with another prolific creator, Bruno Cathala, to bring us a two-player dueling version of his classic in Seven Wonders Duel. Duel takes the core civ-building formula and turns the experience into a more tense, cutthroat, and interactive competition. It's why I haven't played regular Seven Wonders in years. While one player threatens to end the game immediately with a military victory, the other might be sneaking their way to a sudden signs win. Every card you draft from the pyramid display opens up another opportunity for your opponents, and the expansions to this one add even more juicy layers to the strategy. My next top spin-off game is Blitzkrieg, which also has a spin-off of it in the new Caesar. Staying on the topic of two-player versions of beloved concepts, Blitzkrieg is a two-player Paolo Mori design that shares much in common with his older 3-5 player game, Dogs of War. Both games explore an interesting combination of worker placement tug-of-war, where you'll commit your piece to a region to pull a region marker in your direction, and the space you place your piece on top of will often grant an immediate bonus. Dogs of War remains one of my favorite games, but it really only works with four or five players. Blitzkrieg manages to offer me a similar tension of dangling carrots and shifting momentum in a lightning-fast 20 minutes that only requires one more player. That's why both of these games ended up right next to each other on my most recent top 50 games of all time post. We'll see if 2022's Caesar, the spinoff of the spinoff, manages to also reach such lofty heights, but so far it's looking very promising. 
My third, and this is in no particular order, top spinoff game is Llama Dice. Llama Dice is a 2021 release that is based on the popular card game Llama, yet it hasn't officially made its way to North America yet. Hopefully that'll change soon because we found Llama Dice to be a hoot at the table. This is a particularly surprising redemption story for Llama, considering my initial impressions of the card game weren't too enthusiastic. I'll be sharing my full thoughts on Llama Dice soon, but here's a teaser for now. While Llama Dice plays out similarly to Llama the card game, it also has some key differences that make it the more lively, loud, and laugh-inducing game of the two. Where the card game is more about quiet, subtle, and private hand management, the dice game is about clackety rolls, foolish decisions, public humiliations, and occasionally glorious triumphs. While there is, of course, a big old dollop of luck to the game of Llama, the dice game transforms that luck into a collective experience of laughs, groans, and cheers. And because it comes in at a breezy 20 minutes, that means you can get in, have a colorful little riot, get out, and be on to the next game in the blink of an eye. Now for a classic patchwork. One cannot discuss board game spinoffs without discussing the legendary duo of A Feast for Odin and Patchwork. The legend goes that while esteemed designer Uwe Rosenberg was crafting and polishing his magnum opus, the dense and sprawling polyomino worker placement game A Feast for Odin, he began to toy with a smaller two-player design that focuses solely on the polyominoes. In this case, the spin-off ended up releasing a whole two years before its source material. But the end result was the same. We got two excellent games from a master chef who went on to craft many more polyomino designs. While Patchwork and A Feast for Odin cater to very different crowds, you never know if these two might be the gateway drug for polyomino lovers into the realm of heavy Euro games. Another classic on the list, Pandemic Iberia. Pandemic is an industry phenomenon that likewise has a cornucopia of spin-off titles thanks to its monstrous popularity and approachability as a cooperative game. While many Pandemic spinoffs would be great options for this list, I opted for my favorite of the bunch. This one features the opportunity to develop rail lines for faster travel, plus a preventative buffer action of distributing water. Two actions, a different board, and a few rules tweaks doesn't seem like it would make a big difference, yet Pandemic Iberia is the best version of any Pandemic spinoff or copycat that I've ever played. The stakes are raised, the strategy deepened, the tension is thickened, and our love for Pandemic is rekindled. Next up on the list, Shotten Totten 2. I see many folks point to Battleline, also known as Shotten Totten, as their favorite two-player game or favorite Kinesia design of all time. Who can blame them? This clever two-player card game of forming poker sets across a battle line is ripe with tough choices, narrow defeats, and tight victories. So what does a sequel to this masterpiece possibly have to offer? Surprisingly, a lot. Schottentotten 2 approaches this tactical card game with a few interesting wrinkles that dramatically change the overall experience. Both players have asymmetric objectives and abilities as one defends their wall while the other tries to break through. Furthermore, each section of the wall features a unique formation requirement to keep you on your toes. This one continues to grow on me with more plays, which is why it's absolutely worthy of this list. The next top spinoff for me, Brass Birmingham. Here we have another spinoff that seemingly split its fan base right down the middle as to which one they prefer. But more than anything, I typically hear that fans of Brass are happy to play either Lancashire, the original, or Birmingham, the spinoff. And that's the mark of a great spinoff based on a solid classic. Birmingham offers a few twists to the Brass gameplay, including a new scout action to obtain wild cards, several new industry types, 
and an additional commodity, the ever-precious beer. It seems that folks who like more flexibility opt for Birmingham, while those who glutton for punishment prefer Lancashire. But you really can't go wrong either way. That may not be true for this next game, The Crew Mission Deep Sea. The Crew Mission Deep Sea is perhaps the only spinoff on this list, where many fans claim that it makes the original game obsolete in their collection. That's only because Mission Deep Sea possesses a more elegant mission structure that provides infinitely more possibilities. This is another one I'll be discussing further soon in an upcoming First Impressions episode, but since you're here, I might as well spoil my conclusion. Much more than the quest for Planet 9, Mission Deep Sea feels like a game I can endlessly revisit, even after beating all the missions, because I'll never see the same combination of objective cards. Essentially, you can astutely consider Mission Deep Sea the Toy Story 2, the Spider-Man 2, or the Shrek 2 of card games. It takes a bona fide classic and does it even better. Next, let's move on to Yellow and Yangtze. Tigris and Euphrates is one of my favorite games of all time, thanks to the abyss of layered strategy and brilliant interactions that exist in its box. While Tigris and Euphrates has existed as a holy grail game for decades now, Rainer Knizia boldly decided to create a sister design to it only a few short years ago. While I consider the original to be a perfect experience, it seems as though every Tigris and Euphrates complaint that someone might have regarding luck of the draw, value of the tiles, usefulness of leaders in the late game, brutality of the conflicts, and so on, has been considered and addressed in one way or another here in Yellow and Yangtze. Between the low-key enormous shift to hexagon spaces from squares and the shocking addition of yellow tiles providing wild points, there is an entirely new pool of possibilities to explore. It's so brilliantly distinct that I consistently have a commitment crisis just deciding which of these two favorites I should play next. And the last game to make my list, my top 10 spin-off games, Tournament at Avalon. Some designs just understand how to embrace chaos and capture its essence within a rule set that still manages to make you feel strategically clever. Tournament at Camelot is one such design, and this trick-taking card game is further improved upon with the spin-off Tournament at Avalon. I haven't even played the original game, but I understand enough to know that what Avalon adds to the experience is something I couldn't live without. These improvements include more strategic flexibility for when you can play your wild cards, plus even wackier powers that help make the most of this zany premise. This is one that I reviewed on our website in an old blog post. You can look it up. It's a review of both The Crew, The Quest for Planet Nine, and Tournament Avalon, two excellent trick takers. Well, that's the end of my top 10 list. I know some of you are very angry right now <laughs> because we're all passionate about our favorite games and our favorite spinoffs. And so I do have some honorable mentions here for games that didn't quite make my top 10, but maybe worthy titles for you to look into. So here they are. Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion, which is a spinoff of Gloomhaven. Pandemic Legacy, the legacy spinoff of Pandemic. Ra the Dice Game. I've tried this one. It's a great one, but I do prefer Ra. The Quest for Eldorado, The Golden Temples. This is one that we still own. It's like a standalone sequel to The Quest for Eldorado. You can combine them both. It's an excellent game. Undaunted North Africa. I love the Undaunted series. This one just barely didn't make my list, but you really can't go wrong with any version of Undaunted. North Africa is excellent. And finally, Curious Cargo. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment, because that is a spinoff of Pipeline, just like the upcoming Trailblazers, which we're going to talk about next. So... During my most anticipated games of 2022 episode, I shared how Trailblazers is to Pipeline as Patchwork is to A Feast for Odin. Some might cry that I'm doing Curious Cargo a disservice by not including it in this comparison. 
as it is technically another spin-off of Pipeline that is even exclusively a two-player game similar to Patchwork. That said, designer Ryan Courtney approached the design of Trailblazers in a dramatically different way from how he designed Curious Cargo. So let's explore a little bit more of what makes Trailblazers unique from its windy pipe siblings. From day one, Ryan has approached the creation of Trailblazers with two priorities in mind. First, make the game rules as simple and approachable as possible. Contrast this to Curious Cargo, which was intended to cram as much brain-burning, decision-making complexity into a small box as possible. Second, develop compelling solo modes to make this a solo-friendly game as much as it is a family-friendly game. These two design goals have been like a guiding North Star through the entire development of Trailblazers. We'll save the discussion of that second priority, the compelling solo modes, for next month. But for now, let's explore what makes Trailblazers approachable for anyone, yet satisfying for everyone. Many folks will point to the spatial puzzle aspect of Pipeline and Curious Cargo. I'm referring to the windy pipe domino tiles as their favorite element of those designs. That's because there is something inherently satisfying about finding and fitting the perfect tiles together to establish an elaborate network of routes. Pipeline utilizes this puzzle to fit into a larger economic challenge, where the spatial puzzle aspect simply becomes build your pipes as long as possible to help you refine oil. Curious Cargo cranks the spatial brutality up to 11 by giving you less flexibility in your tile options and more demands in what exactly needs to connect to where in order to ship and receive cargo of the curious kind. Trailblazers features the same type of domino tiles, albeit these are cards, not tiles, and trails, not pipes or conveyor belts, yet this time the game steps completely out of the way and gives you a wide open field of endless possibilities. Gone are the economic considerations and shipping demands. Cast aside are the brain-melting conversions and pesky rules restrictions. Here, you'll simply be drafting two cards from a hand of options and arranging and layering them however you'd like. The other side of the coin that really gives Trailblazers a distinct flavor is the objective of the game, to construct loops that start and end at a campsite of the matching trail color. Like I mentioned previously, Pipeline asks its players to build long networks. Curious Cargo demands that they establish very specific and deliberate connections. But Trailblazers simply requests that your adventurous routes return back to their square camp card eventually. Yet between that time period of now and eventually, or more specifically, before the end of the game, you can blaze your trails however you'd like. It seems almost too loose and free to be interesting, but the tension of the game is quickly uncovered when you must decide how far you wish to push your luck. How long and elaborate and winding are you going to make your trail before you focus on connecting it back to camp? How many loops are you going to invest your precious turns in before the final round of the game sneaks up on you and demands you complete them all? A loop that is 99% complete is a loop that will score 0 points at the end of the game. Yet this push-your-luck pillar of Trailblazers is exactly why a game with rules as simple as draft two cards and place them however you want is still satisfying for more ambitious and experienced spatial puzzlers. I consider myself a relative veteran, having played Ryan's spatial puzzlers, including Trailblazers, many times. Yet, I've managed to lose the game to complete newcomers because I flew too close to the sun and got burned by my lofty ambitions while my opponents played smarter and safer. And for a game that is over in the blink of an eye, usually about 30 minutes, I'm able to laugh at my failures rather than painfully regret my poor decisions or resent a stroke of bad luck. 
That's the beauty of Trailblazers for me. It provides all the juicy spatial puzzling and brain-burning strategy that Ryan Courtney fans, such as myself, have come to love. Yet it's also a game that I can introduce to anybody and not completely crush them at thanks to its press-your-luck simplicity. For hobbyists who still can't get enough of Pipeline and its zesty new expansion and Curious Cargo, Trailblazers is absolutely my kind of spin-off game, which is why we're publishing it. So for those of you who have not subscribed to our newsletter yet and want to follow Trailblazers all the way to its second quarter Kickstarter launch, I encourage you to go to bitewinggames.com, subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss out on when we launch this game and all the details and images and components we'll be revealing from now until then and beyond. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Nick Murray and you've been listening to the Bitewing Games Podcast.